edition of let me tell you something we're continuing on in our g1 climax matches that got five stars during our final year our year of releases and our year of recordings is also the year of matches that we are now finally covering at the end of our Meltzer five star athon as myself Lorca Mullen and my co-host Simon Cross work our way through all of those matches we're there at the g1 climax it is July is that right yeah, uh, it is July. Yep, it is July the 20th as Chaos Explodes. Simon, what are we watching? We're watching Kazuchika Okada taking on Will Ospreay. Ooh, both mainstays of the list at this point, but yeah. never facing each other in one-on-one competition before. Well, well, this is basically one of the only environments where they can face off against each other. To give you fans an idea of where we were, on this day we were releasing The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at Bad Blood 1997 as our episode that the listeners themselves are going to listen to before they enjoyed a bit of Okada Osprey because I'm sure that we have that many fans. But anyway, <laughs> um, Simon, the, the, because of how disciplined New Japan is and how it is um, focused around groups, I guess factions, but they're more just sort of groupings. The key four now being New Japan Natives or Taguchi t- Team. Sometimes they're called Team Taguchi. Um, the Los Ingobernables de Apon, the Bullet Club, and these guys, Chaos. And o- Osprey is essentially the ace of the juniors division, and Okada is the ace of the heavyweights division. They have faced off one more time before this. The only other time where teammates will usually play off against each other was in the New Japan Cup with Okada coming out with a victory. So Okada's coming into this one 1-0 and on Osprey. Uh, Osprey's also coming in on this G1 Climax. Like we're saying, he's already walking wounded. Um, he's got one victory and two losses at this stage. Whereas Okada is undefeated 3-0 and going into this point of the tournament. He's on a big roll, isn't he? Like yeah. He's going for the um, streak of undefeated matches in G1s. Mm. And Previously held by Tanahashi. Mm. And to hopefully go... Well, I mean, no one's been undefeated in the G1 since like back in the like late 90s or so. Um, you, you, The nature of the G1 is for everyone to lose at least once to set up feuds in the future, really. Um, it might not... That might change in the future, we don't know, but it hasn't happened so far. Um, but what is um, key in this match, I think, is that Will Ospreay is... Still very, very badly in pain. With every movement that he does in the first few minutes of this match. And it takes him a long time to get into it, really. Okada sort of dominates him in a lot of ways. Well, Okada's sort of becoming like um, cocky knobhead again. Yeah. Isn't he? I mean, he's not full cocky knobhead. But... Uh, we're starting to get old, old Okada back. Um, obviously, outside of five star matches, we'll have had him back for now. But in terms of like our, our list, we're starting to see the Okada of old again, which I love. I, I, I do love the fact he's just like I know I'm better than you. Mm. 
But Osprey does try and get into his head, though. There is that sense of this is your uh, future rival, maybe. This might be your key rivalry in the future. And this will be the younger man who wants to take you, knock you off your perch. I think there's five or six years difference between them. So it's a smaller gap than there is between Tanahashi and Okada, but it's still there. There's still a generational divide. And Osprey does have quite a similar build, a similar physique to Okada, and he's a better high flyer and he's faster. Well, um, obviously Okada's excursion was Mexico, and Osprey is very Lucha Libre based. Uh, He wrestled, what's the name of it? Uh, Lucha Britannia. Thank you very much. He wrestled in, obviously, Lucha Britannia. Um, and as I say, like, as I pointed out in his previous matches, he's starting to go classic British with some of his stuff, but he's very much uh, inspired by Lucha Libre. He's I a mean, hybrid, that's... I think. He's, he's starting to incorporate more strikes into his um, attack. Than, it's a bit more well, of a mat game now. Blade. And yeah, he is more mat folks, but that's also because he's, I think he's trying to, pace himself differently and also i genuinely think he was really sore and hurt and yeah. it probably took him out like everyone says it takes naito about 10 minutes to actually be loose enough to start wrestling when he starts getting into a match and unfortunately osprey's in his 20s and it seems like he's starting Having to feel to like that as well age. yeah i mean maybe he could do with some time off um I don't see him getting it though. Well, like he he won't it won't be willingly, unfortunately. Yeah. But maybe he could do with some time off. But yeah, Okada does uh, control for the most part at the start. Although Osprey has his moments, he hits a reverse monkey flip on Okada, sends him to the outside, does the fake out into the Superman pose, and then does that cocky mind games, <laughs> sitting down and holding the ropes open for Okada to get in. Okada tells him to back off. It's essentially like don't <laughs> don't fuck about, young man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still your respect your elders, and then as soon as no, he gets place. in the ring, Osprey attacks him. Does, uh, just seizes the opportunity, doesn't he? He's, like, he's very Osprey's very aware mm. of what this would mean mm. in this match. Um, and why wouldn't you be? It is obviously the reigning um, G1. No, sorry, not the reigning G1. The reigning um, IWGP champion. Um, it's the stable leader. Of his stable, like you know, so he gets this, very few this, chances to even face off against this guy. Yeah, this is a lot more than two points for Osprey. Mm. Like a lot more. This, this, this is part of his quest to um, jump to the next level and to bring the the Super Juniors with him to mm. show that Super Junior is capable of hanging in the main event. We may have to gain a few extra pounds, but we can bloody do it. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people went in thinking there was a good chance that Osprey was going to get a slight upset win over Okada in this match to really set up their rivalry for future years. Yeah. I mean, when when we did the predictions for 2019, I went, one of my predictions is uh, was that, um, and we'll cover this again when we do our 2019 year review, one of my predictions was that Os- Osprey will uh, enter the G1 Climax and come out of it with a greater win-loss ra- ra- ratio. Yeah. So that means he would get 10 points at a minimum. Uh, this point, he's on two uh, out of a potential six. Um, well, and, Sweating and, it a bit, aren't total you? Total 18 is available to him. Um, and I did think he'd get a big win over someone like either Tanahashi or Okada. I honestly thought this could be his chance to really surprise Okada and be that sign of like a year or two from now. 
Like, I can definitely see this. I feel like, every you know, t- touch wood, everyone keeps their health. I feel like Zuchikro Okada versus Will Ospreay is going to main event a Wrestle Kingdom at some point in the future. Within the next three years, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I'm not sure about three, but definitely five. Like they they like to pace their true true New Japan are very patient, mm. aren't they? So, um, and so was Kazuchika Okada very patient as he was methodically controlling Osprey in this match, and then finally Osprey is able to hit a surprise vertical suplex out of nowhere to to that does, and Okada sells that surprise when he gets hit with it. And then Osprey starts to quicken the pace and hits a handspring kick, his first real high-flying move of the match, follows up with Pip-Pip Cheerio, and then immediately goes for Stormbreaker. So there's that sense of... Urgency. Osprey's desperate to try and get something out of this. And what I will say as well about Osprey, after Okada blocks it, is that he hits a chop that rings around Crackle and Hall. Oh, the sound of it. It's meaty. He goes for it. He does. He really does. Like, like you, you were talking about earlier how his strikes have been added to his game. Uh, he really stri- he strikes really, really, really hard. Yeah. Like, and they talk about it in a previous match how obviously he's only just started adding like um, weightlifting to his regime. If he keeps going at this rate, how much harder do you reckon he could strike? Well, I don't know. I don't, know, I don't know if he needs he's to no, he's... stronger to strike hard. It's all about finding the right place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, in terms of like, obviously the sound and the aesthetic of I, it. I but... can chop you in the chest and it will make a pretty loud sound. And I ain't done weight training for quite a while. <laughs> it's all about the uh, cupped hand to accentuate the sound. Man knows. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, But Osprey still, his neck is bothering him throughout this whole match. He reverses a whip and then hits a kick and does his roll through. But that's pause because it affects his neck. And then so when he tries to go for his high 619, Okada's able to catch it and do that Emerald Flosion knee drop onto the neck, neck move that he does. Uh, I call it like the white noise neck breaker because it's more... To me, it's just more like Seamus' white noise just with yeah. added stink. And Okada kind of wants to show that that's a bit of a flash in the pan, that, that burst of energy that Ross Bray had because he then does a nip up. Shotgun drop kick, body slam, top rope elbow. That's usually when Okada's really in his control when he hits that body slam and has them in their place that they are down on the mat for an elbow. It's drop. usually his final quarter, isn't it? He yeah. usually gets a wide shot after that. Goes into the Rainmaker pose, sets up for the Rainmaker, but Osprey backs him into the corner and hits a spin kick. But then Okada's able to duck an egg in, in Zaguri, and then there's just a whole load of reversals and evasions and all kinds of crazy crap that ends up with Okada still on top with a drop kick followed up with a tombstone. So there is that sense of Okada is the superior wrestler so far. He's sort of controlled the vast majority of the match. And where you'd think this is where the match might end in, in some situations. Like maybe if it was Osprey from three or four years ago. Possibly. It was it the, the um, finishing stretch. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but then when he goes for a Rainmaker, Osprey's able to turn it into a cradle. And then in that brief moment when Osprey, Okada's trying to figure out where he is, Osprey hits the Robinson special. I mean, how many spins does he get on that thing? I think at least four or five. The man is ridiculous. Like, I, I, I say this every single time, and it is obviously a new addition to the bingo card, but the man is a ridiculous athlete. He is ridiculously like athletic. He's, he's insane. He's got, I, he I genuinely could have been, I think he could have been a world-class gymnast if he decided to yeah. 
go into gymnastics instead. I genuinely think he seems to have the raw potential to maybe be... I don't know how high a standard you have to be to get to the Olympics, but at the very least, like a European level or something like that. He's one of those people that you just know is annoyingly good at every sport. Mm. We all had him at school. Just like, oh, I'm good yes, at this. You all did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had that as well. <laughs> there we go. Um, but still, Okada's still on top of him, though. Even when he gets these bursts, that's not like now the sudden tide shifting. Because uh, Osprey, then again, he's immediately trying to go for his finishing move. So he goes for an os cutter. But then Okada just drop kicks him mid flight. Pins him out, like, like pings him out of the air. Like this man knows because again of his like um, lucha esque background. Um, Okada, his excursion, he seems more comfortable taking on Osprey because he's sort of familiar with that well, the style. The thing about o- Okada seems to be how he can adapt like a great champion to have mm. the right match with the right with each opponent. The match he has with Shibata is different to the match he has with Omega, which is different to the match he has with Tanahashi. Oh yeah, um, but. It seems more natural, seems more comfortable. Because mm. as I say, that's where he grew up yeah. as a wrestler. So they find out on the apron and then on the floor and Osprey, uh, Okada's trying to finish it off with a tombstone on the outside, but Osprey's able to escape, hit his hook kick, and then a surprise Oscutter off the um, barricade. And that's where Okada's finally hurt and that sort of starts to even things up. Okada does the, you know, everyone's got to get it. One time in a New Japan match, he gets in at the 19 count. Hey, but Okada is immediately hits him with a missile dropkick as he gets in the ring, reminiscent of stuff that Okada's done in the past. And then he hits the os cutter again, and that gets a really, really long two count. Um, he goes for another os cutter, but Okada's able to turn it into a German suplex. And so it's like, and Okada's trying to finish off at this point as well, because he immediately goes for a Rainmaker. Um, Omega ducks, um, sorry, Osprey ducks that, but Okada hits a drop kick, goes for the Rainmaker again. He just wants this over with, but Osprey's got an answer for everything at this point. It feels like he's he's built confidence and control, like he's almost he's in a new zone. He's got a second wind, and we've got one of the best Rainmaker reversals ever, I think. The Spanish Fly. The Spanish Fly, and again, like we were saying back in the day with Tanahashi, when you can do a reversal that goes into one of your trademark moves. It's such a cool moment. Mm. I mean, like, Randy Orton's got that with, obviously, the RKO and just how he can literally hit that from nowhere. And because, again, Will's an insane athlete. Comes from anywhere. And it's the quickness of it, considering, obviously, he's about to, like... I mean, he has, obviously, the fact that Akada's bringing him towards him, but how he... The fluidity and the quickness of how he just makes a standing Spanish fly from that is... Gorgeous. So we're at the 20 minute mark at that point after Osprey hits a shooting star press and the crowd is feeling it. Like I said, I think a lot of people going into this thinking this might be Osprey's chance to... Yeah. They're trying to cement him as a heavyweight and nothing cements you as a heavyweight more than really a G1 over the champ, you know? Yeah. Goes for the shooting star press. That gets a really long two count. And then there's just an insane exchange after 20 minutes that sort of finishes it all off. The way I've got it written is... Osprey goes for the Stormbreaker. Okada reverses it into a tombstone. Osprey reverses that, and after kneeing him in the head a couple of times whilst holding him up, again just showing how strong he is as well as everything else, he hits Osprey hits Okada with the Rainmaker, sets him up with a ripcord from the neck instead of from the waist into a hook kick, tries for the Stormbreaker, but Os- then there's a series of 
reversals that ends up with Os with um, Okada hitting a short Rainmaker, holds onto the wrist, hits another short Rainmaker, sets him up for the Rainmaker full-blown ripcord, and then we do that reversal that we saw Osprey do in the recent match against Dubushi, where he rotates, but he positions it so that his legs are between the head of Okada going down. So yeah. he's going down, landing on his feet, he's bending Okada over for lack of a better term, <laughs> putting him in immediate powerbomb pile drive, Stormbreaker position, and with that, he's trying to go for the Stormbreaker again. Again, just every opening Osprey has where it looks like it's in place, and it's how clever that you can make it look. Because so often, like, finishes look like they're not finishes, but they're trying, but they're fake-out finishes. But what they do in this is there's, these are all believable finishes to the match. Yeah. There's about four or five at this point. And you think he could hit this Stormbreaker and he wins the match. Uh, but o- Omega's a- Okada's able to escape it, reverse it, and turns it into a discus Rainmaker. Pulls him up immediately and hits the full Rainmaker, and that gets the three counts. Oh, and it's it's obviously, that's the win that um, gives Okada the longest, I think, stretch of victories in the modern era in the G1 beating Tanahashi's record. Uh, he goes on. Will, obviously, uh, another missed opportunity, but you couldn't exactly call him a loser in this match, apart from, obviously, no. like, the um, the well, truest sense of the word. Yeah, I think he's pretty much out of contention for the G1 at this point, really. Yeah. Um, but, he'll, he'll have head-to-head losses against Ibushi and Okada at this point. Yeah, it, it, to hark back to the um, Misawa-Kabashi like, matches, though, he's getting closer. Yeah, and also I said, like, you've got to remember Osprey's coming into this tournament having just previously wrestled the juniors tournament and then wrestled Dragon Lee in a hard match for the junior title then to immediately go into this. And after this, he then goes into the Super J-Cup tournament a few weeks later. It's like he hates his body. Yeah, it does start to feel like that. Uh, but did you, the opposite of hate, love this match? And would you give it five stars, Simon? I did love this match, but I wouldn't give it five stars. Mm-hmm. Um, Great match. Like, nothing wrong with it. It's just... Do you know what? I think the problem with this, uh, and it, it's really hard, like really harsh to say this, is I've been spoiled by a better calibre of Okada match. And I've been spoiled by a better calibre of Osprey match. Mm. And as good as this was, I know they can do more. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I'm not giving it five stars in the same sense that I didn't give the first of the four Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat matches five stars because it felt like it was a teaser to something greater that will happen in the future. Mm. You are keeping your powder dry at the minute with these. Like, like Some uh, of uh, us have restraints. <laughs> I gave the Osprey Shingo match five stars. You did. You did. Um, but I've given I've given four matches from 2019 five stars so far. You know, I, I'm not that slut Meltzer, but no, I still no. put it out occasionally. I'm not a five star prude. <laughs> no, no I, I just think um, like. I don't, you probably do have an actual Excel spreadsheet of matches of matchups you expect in 2020 to blow your socks off. No, I know. I think this is on there. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, this will be a Wrestle Kingdom main event as long as both stay healthy. I've no doubt, and that Osprey stays with, and they stay with New Japan, and you know Osprey have recently moved to Japan at this point, and Okada. I can't imagine WWE hasn't thrown money at him in the past to see where he is, and he hasn't been interested so far but the way they 
no, no, I, I don't want to see it. I really don't because I don't think they'd get it. Oh, and they it well, they'd never, they'd never for the Okada cards to work. He essentially has to be treated as a god. Yeah. Vince would not treat Okada as a god. He'd be trading 50-50 wins with Baron Corbin, you know? <laughs> Although end of days into a Rainmaker would look sick. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Simon, if people want to get in touch with you about some other moves from WWE that could be reversed into a Rainmaker, how can they do so? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of... A5 notepads I have filled with Rainmaker counters. <laughs> uh, my name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for always maintain risk control and N for never let go of that wrist. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you're putting at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show, lmtyspod at gmail.com. <laughs> Get in touch with the show, lmtyspod at gmail.com. lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle. Simon, what's our next G1 Climax match that we're covering? Oh, no, sorry. We're taking an excursion no. away from the G1 Climax. So a G1 holiday. Yes. We were. We're leaving Japan entirely. We're off to America, and we're off to the promotion item as Bring Your Toy to School Day. It's PWG, baby. And it is... A load of lucha, guys. So if you like those six, the way we talk about them six-man matches, you'll love this. If you want to have a bit of fun with Simon's pronunciation issues, let's uh, let's go. Fucker. Uh, it is Bandido, Flamita. Flamita uh, and Ray Horus taking on Puma King, Black Taurus and the Laredo Kid. Very I know good. he's not the... the... Anyway, there's nothing left for us to say at this point except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time.